0: Hi, I'm Isabella. And I'm Jeff. We're two Asian Australians who want to explore what it means to be Asian in the West.
1: And you're listening to As I Am.
0: It's Jeff and I on this episode today. And we are really excited actually to be talking about something that I think we all can relate to, which is making friends, especially as adults. I think this is an episode that has really piqued Jeff's and I interest because I don't know. I feel like we're at a stage of our lives now where we're adults, and I guess, mm-hmm. you know, making friends isn't as easy as it used to be when mm-hmm. we were kids and in high school. And I just think there's like a layer of making friends and, I guess, connecting with people who come from your cultural background. But we'll get into that. Firstly, though, I want to hear about the state of your current social life, if mm-hmm. you would indulge.
1: Yeah. I think um, post-COVID, I think I came to terms that I was actually a lot more introverted than I originally thought I was. I think I've gone the majority of my life claiming to be an extroverted introvert more extroverted than introverted but I think it really is just the flip of it and I kind of find myself gravitating less towards big group surroundings in favor of more intimate like one-on-one catch-ups going to get a coffee um, going to have dinner getting a glass of wine or something like that and I think I was just telling you off mic before went to this party over the weekend it was really big it was really loud I fucking hated being there <laughs> um, and I think that's sort of like where the state of my social life is Yeah, Um, right now. But to be honest, I'm quite comfortable with where it is. I think when I was younger, I tended to want to have lots and lots of friends. And I remember as a child sort of telling my mom like, oh, I want to have lots and lots of friends or like I have lots and lots of friends. And her always just saying like, you know, it's never about quantity. It's always about quality. And I think the older I get, the more that sort of like resonates. Um, And especially right now, you know, I feel like I have a good core group of friends who I can always lean on and who I actually genuinely want to see. Um, And I guess when you grow up, you become a bit more time poor. You actually want to use that time to do the things that you enjoy doing versus just doing things for the sake of, I don't know, you feel like you should. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Where are you at?
0: I can relate to an extent. Mm. I still feel like I'm in my uh, party era. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But you know what? I think that's dictated as well by the fact that I feel like I have friends who are kind of occupied different stages of their lives. Like I have friends who settled with their partners for, you know, years on end, Mm -hmm. about to buy property. And I think with those friendships, it's very much like I love the one-on-ones. I love the dinners. Whereas I have friends who are still in their, like, single era they're living their best lives and it's so much fun to go out with them that being said though I do feel like my current social life nowadays is very much confined to my work Mm -hmm. you know a lot of friends that you know I feel like I see often are people in law within law who work in law which actually has given me pause to just reflect on how much I want to kind of diversify from that as much as I love my law friends I do feel like I really want to tap into I guess friends that you know I've cultivated throughout you know High school, my childhood, Mm -hmm. and most importantly, like my Asian friends. And Mm -hmm. I think this is something, again, that, you know, we alluded to in the beginning, but I think the older I've gotten, the more I've really become to appreciate my Asian friends and just people who just get it. And I think that, you know, that's something we'll touch on and I think will be a big theme in this episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think to go along with this episode, we reached out to our audience um, to get some listener submissions and we want to share some of those um, because you guys had a lot of really interesting things to say um, on this topic of making friends as an adult. So I guess one of the first questions we asked was what has been your experience of making friends as an adult versus your younger years? And um, some of the submissions that we got, it's much easier now that I'm more comfortable in my various identities versus others that find it stressful and it makes them sad always comparing themselves to a younger and more confident version of themselves when they were a bit younger. Uh, And so I think the big thing that sort of jumped out at me is that as you get older, um, it becomes a bit more interest-based friends um, compared to your younger years where um, we talk about it being a bit more convenient. You know, it's people that you at school with the people you're at uni with i think when you don't have those sort of common places that you're constantly frequenting um, except for work then it becomes a bit more of an active effort to go out to find friends as an adult and i think in that search when you're actually investing all that time and effort you want to make it count right and so i think a really common way to do that is through an interest so for example for myself I think now a lot of it is, you know, people I train Muay Thai with. It's like we have a common interest as an activity that we frequent. And that's a really easy way to make friends as an adult. But I would say for myself, I really agree that it can feel easier, but it's easier in the sense that I'm also kind of going after a certain type of individual. And for me, a lot of the time, that's, you know, people who really enjoy food. Mm. And really like talking about food, because mm. at the moment, that's just still such a big part of my life and something that you know I take a lot of pleasure in. And I spend a lot of my time investing in whether it's cooking or eating out. And at the moment, I really want food friends, yeah, yeah, And
0: I think like this realization just comes with age. You mm. know, like I think the older you get, the more self-assured you, you feel. um, whereas obviously, when you're a bit younger, all you want to do, I guess for the most part is just fit in. So you kind of mold yourself to, whatever's cool of the time or whatnot. But no, I, I think there's something to be said about, you know, aging gracefully, so to speak, and just kind of being self-assured and kind of being intentional with who your friends are and, you know, how you spend your time. I found that the the listener submission, though, about, you know, they, they made a comment about how making friends nowadays, it's stressful, makes them sad, mm. as they always compare themselves to a younger, more confident them. Um, please reach out if you want to chat more about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... You know, that is sad to hear and I would be curious to understand kind of what it is that makes you stressed. Yeah, yeah. I think there's
1: um one potential hypothesis and again, this is just, just me taking a guess. I guess when you're younger, you tend to chameleon a little bit more.
0: Maybe uh, it's a double-edged sword then. Yeah, maybe. you mm. tend to sort of like
1: try to mold yourself. As you were saying, like try mm. to fit in a bit more. You'll mold your personality, you'll tweak a few things to match the social setting around you and potentially like as you get older, there's less of a desire to do that because ultimately you want to be yourself. You want to be liked for who you are. And I guess maybe in that uh, realization or that intent to actually be yourself a little bit more, you may not want to put yourself out there as Mm. well. So potentially that could be a potential reason, um, just to guess from our part. So um, if you do want to chat, reach out to us.
0: Yeah, please do. And, you know, I think it's so interesting right? because I feel like the, the conversation about like making friends especially as an adult, I think there's a level of stigma to it mm. that's so unlike dating. You know, I think it's so normal to obviously, you know, meet people on apps, Hinge, Tinder, there's a plethora of them out there. But I do feel like the mood shifts when you talk about like, oh, yeah, I met a friend through an app. Like it almost mm. feels like, you know, I-, I would feel like almost a bit embarrassed, right, initially. Like I feel like your gut feeling is like, fuck, am I a loser for mm. like not having friends? I need to make friends through an app. But I actually think like that stigma, should be destigmatized. Like actually mm. feel like, you know, it's it's it actually is difficult to make friends as an adult if you're not lucky enough to meet them mm. at work at uni or, you know, continue to make or to have these friendships throughout school. Mm. How do you meet people beyond interest? Yeah, know? it's it's
1: a good point. Like one thing I would love to if any listener's actually done this is I know Twitch and things like Discord are super popular. Mm. Um, I know a lot of the people I follow have a Discord and it sounds like you know they're obviously like big communities of people with common interests that get together. Have you ever made a Discord friend or like a Twitch friend? Or, or like, like a an Reddit, internet friend? Yeah, or like a Reddit <laughs> friend. Um, I don't remember the last internet friend I made. I think the only sort of like – okay, this is actually kind of embarrassing. I got married on MapleStory oh when I was like 12 years old. She claimed to be a Israeli girl. It was probably <laughs> some 40-year-old dude, Does to be honest. know this? Uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, she does now. Uh, but, like, no, but seriously, like, if yeah, I know no. how popular things like Discord and Twitch are at sort of building communities and building platforms, like, if you frequent these communities, do you, like, meet up with people? Yeah. In real life? No,
0: please let us know if you have. Because yeah. I definitely have friends who have made Tumblr friends. Tumblr, well, Tumblr was such an back then. Yeah. Wow. That throwback. was a big thing. Yeah, that was a throwback. I don't think I actually ever made an internet friend, but I feel like it's common these days, right? Like again, yeah. like you said with Discord, Twitch. Um, side note, we actually want to do an episode on e-gaming and esports. Yeah, so if you're a professional let gamer, let us know. Please reach out. Reach out. Um, quick digression. Um, but no, it is interesting. And I think um, that's the beauty of the internet, right? Like I think it just opens up a whole world of people you could reach out to and connect to truly based on interests, which is very interesting. But I want to pivot a little bit more to kind of what we alluded to before about just being friends with Asian people or I guess being an Asian person, navigating friendship. I'm curious to understand whether or not you've been the token Asian in a friendship group Mm. and what that experience was like. I feel like we have touched on this in previous episodes, but I kind of want to deep dive into it.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. I feel like I wasn't the token Asian, but I was one of very few mm. um, in, a, in a high school friendship group. And like we've addressed this, it used to feel like a source of pride, right? Oh, I'm like the special one. They've chosen me. Like I'm-
0: Despite being Asian. Despite being yeah, Asian. Against right. all odds,
1: <laughs> uh, I have been selected. Uh, yeah. And that was sort of the, the common sentiment that I shared. And I think reflecting back, it feels, I don't know, it does feel a bit shameful to, no, to have felt those like sensations. Yeah. But I think the word token Asian can also be a little bit problematic in the sense that maybe the fact that you are the only Asian person within your friendship group is just a product of your environment. I don't want to say that mm. any Asian in a group of friends um, where it's mostly not Asian people is suddenly immediately just a token Asian.
0: Um, yeah. But
1: I understand that that experience does come with – um, certain experiences. Um, so I guess in a way, like you may be potentially picked on, or th- they may sort of use you as an easy way to make slight jokes mm. because you're technically a friend, and mm. it's like if you're a friend. We can sort of like make fun of you. And in my instance, I would also sort of lean into it a bit more, like. Make the Asian jokes, yeah, lean right. into the stereotypes a little bit more, almost just to like entertain. And that was yeah. sort of my experience as like mm. the the token Asian group. I can't say that that's me anymore, but that was definitely me at some point.
0: Yeah. 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 You? Oh, no, I, I completely relate. Maybe not to the extent of like, I guess, participating in that self deprecation mm. thing, which I actually think also might be just an Australian thing. Like, I feel like
1: Potentially, Australia would
0: yeah. just love to ourselves down yeah but no definitely was a Turkish asian um and definitely was very proud of that which again you know we've unpacked mm-hmm. we've sorted through obviously very problematic but you know I-, I think it is interesting to kind of reflect on my experience and also kind of my sister's experience so mm. you know she i think would say is the only or few asian in friendship right one of the few asian people if not the only in her friendship group at school but i don't think for her it's something that was that you know conscious like it was for me like i think for me it was like i'm really proud of this like look at me proximity to whiteness Where i think for her i feel like she doesn't really or at least like hasn't gone through that experience Mm. um so i don't know if it's like a sign of the times or if like people are kind of have this awakening where they realize that like you know being that token asian is no longer like a thing Mm. Uh, um maybe we're just different i don't know but it, it is nice to kind of see like almost like a younger version of myself going through what I went through, but not quite. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I
1: think um, the idea of being one of the only or the one of few um, Asians within a friendship group can, I hope, become an opportunity for, I guess, like cultural exchange almost. It doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. You yourself in a way are sort of, representing your culture and like sharing some of who you are with a group of people that might not be exposed to that not to say it's definitely your responsibility to do so but that is also an opportunity and maybe in the future if that happens um you can use this to talk about why we do celebrate lunar new year why you know your parents might be stricter than others and to actually hopefully have uh, a person on the other side take it with you know from an angle of understanding. It's like, oh, I get that. Uh, Versus back in the day where I felt like it was almost quite defensive. You know, my parents are a little bit stricter and they just sort of ask why.
0: Yeah. Right? It's like,
1: there's a reason why I can't stay out as late as you, but it's hard for me to communicate that in a way that you can understand because of, I guess, like the difference in our upbringing.
0: Yeah. yeah. And again, like I think the flip side of being token Asian is that, you know, this tolerance, right? Like, you know, there is potentially a, a positive that comes out of, mm. like you said, being there in the only Asian or the only person of color or whatever it is. But again, you know, to caveat that by saying that obviously it's not your responsibility, but I guess it is interesting to kind of take that nuanced lens and think of it as, oh, there potentially is some good to this yeah intolerance etc cetera, etc cetera. i have a question for you though mm. do you think it's problematic when you see friendship groups that consist of the same people coming from like the same race mm. or same ethnic cultural background
1: mm. um look why? I, yeah look i i'd say problematic is probably a pretty serious word no, to no, apply it's to strong. that <laughs> it, it, it is a bit strong because i would say sometimes and again it, it is just a product of your environment but mainly you potentially live in an area where it is predominantly a certain cultural background Mm. um, that sort of resides there. I will say, I think the preference is always to have sort of diversity, not just in friendship groups, but in life. Mm. Um, I think diversity of thought, uh, having sort of different experiences and being able to work through them and to hear new ideas is always beneficial. Uh, But I wouldn't say go as far as to say that, you know, single culture or single race friendship groups are necessarily problematic yeah you are just attracted to people who have similar shared experiences yeah and to not have to I guess go through some of the hurdles of breaking down some of the barriers because you know that other person has the same experiences that just makes you know interacting with people is so much easier right mm. yeah
0: no no I, and I completely agree and I think that kind of goes to the heart of you know this episode right in the sense that i think for us and we'll discuss this but i think we find ourselves gravitating towards people of similar cultural backgrounds. Mm. the older we get so like i i feel like i i understand when i see friendship groups who do have like the same kinds of people but i don't know i still feel like part of me instinctively just feels that like oh i feel like there should be diversity mm. I, I don't know just just i guess just from like a gut instinct like i just feel like it's homogeny that Good, like yeah. when it comes, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I think, again, all those points you said about diversity of thought and just kind of being able to understand other perspectives, um I do feel like it is interesting to kind of interrogate, though, because mm. you you think about like LGs, LBs, and like they kind of stick around and like hang with each other for a reason, right? And then that's just a generalization for like you know a subset of Asian people, but I get it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess like now, do you find yourself gravitating towards people of a similar cultural background now that you're a bit older?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for me, it's just like a – it's just the knowledge that when I see an aged person, like I just know that we have a shared sense of identity to an extent and that mm. we have, for sure, shared experiences and I think that inherently just leads to a feeling of safety and belonging. Mm. And I think this unspoken level of mutual understanding – for shared experiences, I think just bring so much comfort. And that's what you kind of want in a friendship, right? Mm. Like ease and comfort and like feeling like you don't have to explain it because the other person just gets it. And it's interesting because I feel like sometimes when I go to parties or social gatherings, I like almost instinctively look for an Asian person, Mm. an Asian woman preferably, but an Asian person. yeah. Because I don't know. I just feel like I just intuitively feel safe around them because I feel like there's a level of – coding and like yeah. switching when no, you're man. speaking to white people um, or just people who are not Asian or whatever. I just feel like I just have to adopt almost a different persona. Yeah. Lean more into the chat. <laughs> pretend you have a Pretend I, I can yeah. hold a conversation. Fuck, I hate <laughs> Um I read a really interesting article actually by Maggie Jo. Shout out to Maggie who we interviewed. That was called Why Never Want to Be the Only Woman of Colour in a Friendship Group Again. Um, that was published by Refinery29. And this article talks about this concept and I've never heard of it before, but Mm. I know I know that you know that Mm. I that we both experienced this. Oh yeah. Which is the debrief or else known (laughs) as the ethnic side glance. Ethnic side glance. And I'll I'll, I'll quote actually from this. So the ethnic side glance is characterized as this. When you literally lock eyes across the room, if something happens that has racial undertones that other people don't really seem to pick up on, it's a whole moment of like, did you just see that? Am I the only one that saw that? There's that breath and you just quickly look to the side and you're telepathically telling each other. Mm. We're talking about that later. Have you not experienced that? Oh. All the time, right? (laughs) Heaps. Heaps. But it's so important. It's so yeah. important to have that debrief, to have that person who's at safe space. We can be like, what the fuck was that? Like, yeah. Or, you know, just completely vent and rant and unload everything. Just like.
1: validation that you're not insane. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is quite funny. At that party I was at over the weekend, I did the exact same thing. I scanned the room <laughs> and like the moment an Asian person walked through it door, it was kind of just like that. Like, little, yeah. <laughs> I see you. I see you, my brother in that's arms, right. you know, and yeah, it's just like, I didn't talk to him yeah, uh, at all, yeah. but it was just
0: nice. Like
1: knowing he was there, <laughs> I don't know why. It just felt immediately yeah, more comfortable because right. prior to that, yeah. it was what a ratio of one to like, I don't know, 70 people Yeah, right. um, who, who weren't Asian. And so it's like, I see another person. I'm like, yeah. I just feel a
0: lot more comfortable Yeah.
1: in terms of what our uh, listeners have said. Uh, In response to this question, definitely more so as I grow up, I felt better understood by people of similar backgrounds, uh, find it easier to break the ice, despite living in one of the most multicultural cities, we just gravitate towards each other. Oh God, yes. (laughs) Yes, not on purpose, but similar culture friends, bigger, more similar culture friends, and becoming aware of culture, privilege, and my anxiety makes me find safety in shared experience, which I guess is very much what we were talking
0: about. Yeah. And, you know, I think I want to emphasize that like Asian people or people who come from, you know, similar cultural backgrounds, we're not monolith, right? Like mm. our experiences very tremendously, but I think it's just emphasizing the fact that there is this kind of, you know, shared stories and mutual respect. And I guess like the lack to code switch, that mm. I think removes a lot of like, you know, the anxiety that comes. to socializing sometimes. And you know, I will say that like some of my really closest friends are white, right? Yeah, and like same. it's completely not their fault that they just don't understand, you know, my cultural background, my internalized racism, mm-hmm. like it. But it's just kind of, I, I just want to shout out to my Asian friends and other friends of color who just get it and who just require no explanation, you know, about anything. Yeah, you know, yeah. friendships are restful and they should be restful. And yeah. That's why I seek.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean. I think there's um there's this other element that a good friend of mine once called out and it was sort of when you're with non-Asian people, just people who aren't of as similar or the same cultural background as you, you can oftentimes become, I guess, almost a representative um, mm. for your people and like the scenario in which this occurred like i said something about international students just made the comment about it jokingly and they sort of took that as truth and basically highlighted like you are someone of this cultural background like i take your word with more weight Mm. and that was i guess not necessarily a responsibility but something i never actually considered and that was many many years ago and i've really taken that upon myself since but sometimes it's kind of like He's kind of want to joke about it. Yeah, you know, you want to you want to make a few digs like yeah. at yourself, at your own experiences, and I just not super comfortable making those kind of comments around yeah. people who aren't asian no. in the fear that they take that as truth no, so and then feel like it's okay to repeat that yeah. kind of stuff. so sometimes you just want that like safe space yeah
0: and where thinking- you can
1: just talk mad shit that's about- right yeah, 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 and yeah. I- i'm
0: thinking of like my Tony, right when he like i think yeah he why- was sure. so funny it was funny because like at that time of like you know in that period of time like the early days of youtube right like he was just talking shit about being asian yeah. but like asian people we fucking loved it like it was so funny that yeah. like our you know trauma or whatever <laughs> it is it's like being made light of, you know but like i would feel uncomfortable if like i watched that with like a white friend and like they were
1: yeah, they use a voice.
0: That's you know? right. Do you know what I you mean? Like so I, it's, very, it's very nuanced. It's very I'm not sad. putting up with that. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's very so interesting.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. You know, it's not their fault. Um, <laughs> no. But sometimes you just kind of want that safe space where you can just, I don't know, talk yourself down. <laughs> no,
0: nah, that's right. That's right. Just to segue a little bit though, you know, we, we've, we've discussed kind of like the importance of friendships and obviously having friends who come from, Shared similar cultural backgrounds. Mm. How can we make more friends as an <laughs> adult, whether they be Asian or not? Because um, you know, I, I genuinely feel like this is, um, and I think we talked about this. You know, we touched on this early in the episode, but I think it's actually quite difficult to an extent. Mm. Um, and you know, some of my listeners, shout out to Moy who submitted. Thank you so for submitting Moy. Um, but you know, for her, it was hard to find Asian friends with like similar interests, right? Like she herself is a familiar. she doesn't, like in her submission to us, she noted that it's really hard to find other Asian friends who like wine just as much as she does, mm. you know? So I think it's a very valid question.
1: Yeah, Moy, I'll drink wine with you <laughs> Um, I think we had another listener submission that sort of talked about, you know, seeing a TikTok about meeting up of introverts in melbourne um shout out to wilty meetups by wilty plant um, which has grown to lots of followers since and i think you know what else she's done she's gone on like the bumble bff mode um she's met people hostels so traveling while literally sitting next to one another and i think you know also what did she say here she said i'm in my manifestation era uh made friends naturally through acting upon new interests e.g. a cafe job, a sailing trip, hobby classes. And I think the thing that sort of stands out to me from this submission and what I ultimately agree with is you kind of have to put yourself out there a little Mm, bit more. Yeah. You know, the question you asked does sound a little bit like a Google search term (laughs) and we could probably dig up how many search results there were for that. Yeah. But you do have to kind of just put yourself out there. It's not as easy and you don't get as many chances to just randomly bump into people anymore. Mm. It's not like, oh, it's a new semester. I have four classes that's four new toots that I could potentially meet someone new in. These opportunities seldom come. um, So you really have to put yourself out there, whether it's a new hobby, joining a Discord, maybe you join a run club, maybe you start climbing, maybe you go to pottery classes. And, you know, even these examples that have initially come out off the top of my head, very much interest-based. You know, they're hobbies, they're activities that um, you can go and you can meet people who have this like, common thing that you know you can engage one another about and then ultimately develop a friendship around so Mm -hmm. i think being intentional and just putting yourself out there a bit more is probably just something you have to accept um as you grow a little bit older you're probably not going to meet your new best friend sitting next to them on the tram potentially you never know yeah, you but know. you never know. You never know. Yeah. And
0: I think um, maybe we can help contribute to this, but I, I do feel like communities are like are really mm. important. And, you know, I think for, for me personally, like I, I found that with Asian Futures, which is our series of in-person events, if, uh, if you don't know, um, when we have done those in the past, it felt so special to be able to be in a room full of like-minded people. And I hope people were able to make friends through these events. And mm. I think that's something that, you know, is a goal of ours, right? I think we, ideally we we would love to create spaces where people from Asian or non-Asian backgrounds can kind of come together and celebrate all things to do with Asian identity. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a plug for our next Asian Futures event. But, you know, I think there's something to be said about meeting people at different community events or Again, interest-based things that, mm. you know, where you know automatically that you have that shared value or that shared interest. Yeah. Um, but again, let us know if you have any any tips and tricks of making friends as an adult. This sounds like a really sad question, it but does, does. I swear it isn't. <laughs> it's
1: not. I think, I think it's okay to be vulnerable Yeah. Um, and to, I guess, always think about the state of your social life. I mean, like what's, what's something that you currently love doing? with your friends as an adult that you might not have enjoyed as much when you were a bit younger?
0: Ooh, okay, Um, book club, I feel. I've been oh, in yeah. three nice. book clubs at the moment. Three um, book clubs? I, <laughs> damn, okay. No, 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 but I'm, I'm very slack with it. I feel like um my hit rate for like finishing the books yeah. is like.
1: Can you rock up at the book club if you don't read the book?
0: Yes, but I do feel like it's at my expense because yeah, uh, there will okay. be spoilers. Spoilers well. and be, shit. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Okay. But, you know, I feel like that was something that I would have considered to be quite nerdy. Or I don't know. I, I've always loved books, but, like, mm. i would never – the idea of a book club I just thought was, I don't know, a little bit, like, old school and a bit old-fashioned. Yeah. But the order I've gotten I've loved it. And yeah. maybe it's to do with, like, I just really love spending more quality time with people now. Like it's mm. not just going out and partying. It's also doing that coupled with more – Intimate, um, intimate gatherings, and I think book club has really fostered that. So yeah. that's been really nice. What that's about you? Cute.
1: Um, supper clubs.
0: Oh, that's fun. So, yeah. what's the difference between a supper club versus a dinner party?
1: Um, so it's an interesting question. Technically, the dinner, I guess, like a supper club, is just something that is ongoing versus a dinner right. party, which sounds like a one-off. Right. So currently, uh, I have two. One of them is we sort of rotate through oh, people's houses crazy. and you take turns cooking for everyone and yeah. then like everyone else brings wine or brings whatever yeah and that's sort of one and the other one that we sort of launched recently is just an asian supper club <gasps> um so this is just where me and a few friends just go out garden eat
0: oh my god and this love. is
1: kind of like what i was talking about previously mm. where there's a safe space to like make jokes you don't have to necessarily like cater to certain palates. You can kind of like order weirder things, yeah. like things that some people may not have been exposed to or like aren't comfortable eating. Yeah. So you kind of get rid of that barrier <laughs> and you can sort of just eat at different yeah. like different places and oh, that that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like food is a thing that at the moment I'm still like super interested always, in doing always, always yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so these supper clubs have been really fun and I think they were very much like inspired by like Wanting to have more intimate, um, social interactions, mm. like places where there's not like insanely loud music blasting, yeah. you yeah. can like sit down, you can have proper conversations. Uh, yeah, that was sort of born out of the desire to do that. So I love that. Absolutely loving supper clubs. Yeah, always open to starting more supper clubs
0: <laughs> amazing
1: so let us know if there are some activities that you quite enjoy doing now um, that you may not have enjoyed as much when you were a bit younger um keen to hear all the adult mature things that you like doing is it gardening together are you one of those rock climbers mm-hmm. now like just let us know i'm really i'm always really curious to see what mm-hmm. people are into mm-hmm. a slightly different episode from normal but um we really enjoyed seeing all the listeners submissions mm-hmm. i think it's always great sort of hearing back from what people's thoughts and opinions are so it doesn't feel like isabel and i are just sort of talking to the ether
0: yeah yeah thank you for taking the time and effort to put in your list of submissions we really do appreciate it and again you know it feels lovely to be able to interact and communicate with members of the community so we thank you again
1: yeah and so yeah hope you enjoyed this episode as always you can find it wherever you get your podcasts otherwise we'll catch you guys in the next episode See you later